Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Download today using promo code PHNX and new customers who bet just $1 on either team to score in an NBA game this week can win $100 in free bets. It's just that easy. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. It is episode 48. Wow. Is that Jordan Martin? Jordan Martin. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. I cannot you believe on top of it today. At least Craig's awake today. Marty Martinuk. Yeah, I, I walked a mile in uh, freezing cold uh, St. Louis to go get a coffee this morning <laughs> and a mile back. So then you survived the winery mission. Yeah, it was it was a rough assignment. Peter, Someone but, has to do it. Hey, you Craig. Know, yeah. You're really you know grinding out there well, and doing. <laughs> like can I, I ask the question, readers. Craig? So we yeah. can tease the story a little bit too. But did you did you literally have wine out of a can? I did. Did you and pizza wine? And what? it's not bad. Pizza wine. It was good. So this is part of their shtick um, at Love and Exile, which is the name of the place in uh, East Nashville, which is a, a really hip and upcoming neighborhood, actually uh, regentrifying. Um, their shtick is to just take the snobbery out of wine. And as as the, uh, Tyler Alkins, uh, the founder of this place, told me, there's just it, it, it's so off-putting for so many people when, when they try and get into the wine drinking business you know because people people talk about all, there are all these characteristics there are all these you know you've seen people right spin the glass do the deep breathe and then take the sip <laughs> and all that's fine if you want to be like some wine expert but as carter hutton said people just try to make it too complicated if you like the wine drink the wine that's all there is to it and so that's what they've tried to do they, they put wines in cans they're especially line cans by the way so it's not like it's coming in contact with metal. If it did, the metal would start to corrode right away. But but Tyler is telling me, like, when people would taste it out of can, they're like, I can taste the metal. And he's just looking at him like, no, you can't because it's all <laughs> metal. <laughs> you know, and the, the funny thing for me is, like, I've been around all these hockey guys that once they get a little bit of money and they go, oh, so now I know my wines. Like, I've been with coaches. I guess I won't name them, but Dave Tippett, who <laughs> grew up in Western Canada, right? You know, he wasn't like a wine snob at 18, 20, goes to college, University of North Dakota, gets into hockey. Now, Saskatchewan too, yeah. now he's got a wine cellar and he's, he does that. He does the swirl. I'm like, come on. Like really, you grew up on drinking bad, cheap beer. And those guys, and you know, and he he does know his wine, and I get it. And we go out to dinner, and I'll have a nice wine. But I'm hundred percent with you, Craig. I will take all of those hockey guys that I worked with, and I will put two glasses in front of them. I guarantee they can't tell the difference. I will say Brian Savage probably can. There are players Savvy. that are extremely. Mr. October. Yeah, Savvy's like he's got I don't know a wine basement. It's not a cellar. It's massive. So there are some guys, but I, I'm with you one hundred percent on giving people the wine taste test sorry tip because so i know he's be, listening this morning too by the way beyond that like i i drink red wines i don't drink white wines this guy had I and mean, this place has tons of great red wines and 
So I was really happy that, first of all, I got to sit down with Tyler. We talked for, I, I thought the hour, the interview was going to be an hour. We sat there for three hours because he's an <laughs> unbelievable guy and he's fascinating from Vancouver, really dialed into hockey as well. So we were all over the map. But one of the things that I had in the story that's up on gophnx.com right now, and by the way, that story is also free so everybody could read oh, it. Oh, look at that. Um, there's, did you see the wall of shame? I did. I read the story. <laughs> it's awesome. Smashed wine cans signed by the NHL player that that shotgunned a can of wine. So I wonder if there's any coyotes on that wall today. Well, there might be after this past weekend. <laughs> I think a group of people were supposed to go there. Hey, they had an off day in Nashville. It's not like they shouldn't be enjoying life. So I hope they did. I hope they got over there. But yeah, there there's a bunch of Buffalo Sabres and St. Louis Blues up on that wall because Carter Hutton played for both those teams. Alex Petrangelo is up there. As I noted in the story, Jack Eichel's up there twice. which ties us into injuries which ties us into the coyotes and what are you hearing on what's going on around coyote land with the injuries well dimitri yashkin it sounds like is going to be out for the rest of the season you know i don't i don't think that's definitive because he's going to have the surgery i don't even know the full extent of the injury right now but we all saw the knee on knee hit in the in the last game in nashville and it didn't look at at the time when he left the ice um Andre Turin, you said right after the game, it's going to be really long-term. And then, you know, I heard the next day that it looks like he's out for the rest of the season. So really, really tough situation to, for Dimitri Yashkin. He comes over on a one-year deal from the KHL where he led the league in scoring. It's a pretty lucrative deal, actually. I think it was $3.2 million, $3.1, somewhere around there. Um, didn't really show anything here, guys. He, I, I didn't think he was a very effective player for the Coyotes. Uh, and now with this situation, you wonder is – is he really even going to get another sniff at the NHL or is it just time for him to go back to Russia, heal up, and then maybe resume his career in the KHL? I would guess that's the path he's headed in. I mean, you, you would think he'd get the surgery done here in, in the States before he travels, do some light rehab here. But if you're not going to play the rest of the year and you're done, yeah, I, I would imagine he would go home. But I guess time will tell. Yeah, and that uh, injury came from that kneeing by – how do you say this guy's it's last name? It's is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to look this up, actually, because I meant to do this before the show. That's the one thing I didn't – And I always go with what we called him in the locker room, but clearly we've had mispronunciations in there. It's Borowitschke. Right, Regardless, well, Craig, we'll I know run, he got we'll no discipline. He got no discipline, no yeah, secondary so, discipline so on this, the head. So the statement from the Department of Player Safety um, was there will be no di- supplemental discipline for Mark Boro. Oh my God, for a whis- whiskey? I literally like, oh. why am I in charge of this? Hang on a second. I just found this online. Oh. I couldn't hear that. What did it say? What did you find Mark, online? Mark Borvietsky is what it says. Borvietsky. All so right. there you go. I don't know. Okay. Uh, after hearing and a review of all available angles, we've determined that Boro. Borvietsky. Borvietsky is braced for That's contact. Russian. And does not extend or otherwise direct his knee into Yaskin in a way that merits further discipline. I don't agree with that. I, I do think he sticks out the knee a little bit as he he comes in. He was bracing for contact, but I do think he stuck out the leg a little bit. Uh, it was subtle. Uh, smart guys will do it subtly because <laughs> that's how they roll. Um, but uh, yeah, it's tough. And, it's and, tough on those hits in, in the middle of the ice because you know he's trying to line him. Uh, honestly, he's trying to line him up and hit him hard. Yep. And and Yaskin moves out of the way. He's a quicker player. He's a better skater. And Borowitschke's trying to he's trying to light him up. And when Jaskin gets away from him, uh, he has to change the way he's going into that hit. So is it intentional? Gosh, I don't know. Like, is it that bad? Does it warrant a suspension? Again, I don't know. They didn't see it that way, so maybe a fine. But 
it is what it is, right? Yep. It's yeah, player safety. Another, another and it's a tough, tough job, break. right? It's a tough job for player safety. Like you said, evaluating all those all those factors that we just talked about, uh, you know, at game speed, it, it's it's not easy to evaluate a situation like that. But he has a history. I kind of thought he subtly stuck out his leg a little bit. But here we are, sadly, for Dimitri Ashkin. It means the end of his NHL season, maybe his NHL career. And what about Hutton? He's on the trip, but there's no way he's playing. Is he practicing with the team? Is he? he, is he he's on been the on the ice on his own. Yeah, but uh, it does not sound like he's close. I'm I'm really curious about this one. I'm not sure that he is even ready to come back yet. I'm not sure that you know that that ankle injury that he had. I'm I'm not sure that that is. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's fully healed. I think he has a knee issue as well. I I don't know. I, I, if you're Carter Hutton, to be to be blunt, are you in a rush to get back to this? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. And then, and then there's we'll already go a goaltending controversy between. Like, I honestly, and, uh, I don't I, think I, there's a controversy. Not a controversy, like you know <laughs> what I mean. But if you look at if you look at his numbers over the last three games for Veggie, they're substandard. Yeah, he's not playing well. So it's, it's going to be Wedgwood, I'm sure, in St. Louis, and and get get Veggie some time to work with Corey. You, you going to put money on that, Wedgie in St. Louis? Clearly not. Over. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're one for something now, right? Yeah, I did get you one something right. right. You yeah. finally you got, got one right. And Schmoltz is back here skating by himself, too, and I don't think he's particularly close either. What about um, Dezingle? I haven't even seen Dezingle. I don't I'm going to ask about him today. I'm going to ask about because we, we, we were told one to two weeks, which is, you know, we, we should be yeah, talking about that. his return. So but I will uh, ask is about Is he with the team? Today. I don't know, actually. I didn't see him. The other day, but it's you know it's it's hard with with the way things are now. We don't go into the dressing yeah. room. They didn't well, he's have not skating. skating here, so if he I'll, is, I'll, I'll get a sense today because they, they do have a practice today in St. Louis, and I'll be there, so I'll get a better sense. You know, earlier before the season, when I said, "Oh, like there'll be injuries, and we'll see a lot of these prospects and Tucson players have chances," I didn't expect there to be this many like season-ending long-term injuries this early into the season. It's been a rough road for the Coyotes this year so far. And we're yeah. staying with injuries, Craig. You've heard Eichel got his surgery done. Any any word on if it was successful? I know he's feeling yeah, like yeah. he walked around. They so. did release and say it was successful. That literally, I, I have yet to hear after a surgery, a doctor come out in media and say it was an unsuccessful surgery. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those PR statements. Yeah, everything was great. You know, we won't know until he starts to recover right until the healing process starts. So that's just, uh, I don't take much away from a PR statement from the doctors or the team. The The question is this procedure itself, right? Look, the difference between spinal fusion surgery, if you have the, the vertebrae fused versus replacement is you keep flexibility. If you fuse your vertebrae together, obviously you're not going to have as much flexibility because it literally becomes one bone and then there's less, less bend. But if you, if you replace the vertebrae, then you, you, conceivably you have better flexibility because you maintain that space between them and, and the bend. The problem with this surgery is it's so new that there's no long-term research on. Yeah. He's the first NHL player to get this type of surgery. NFL players have gotten it before. And um, also the difference between this one and the fusion is that this one, like right after, like right when you wake up, they want you moving your neck. Whereas the other, they like you're in a neck brace, you know, not moving. So I mean, it'll and be. That's because the, the the bones have to heal, right? Once mm-hmm. you fuse them, you have to allow that 
that process to take hold versus this. You know, it's, it's interesting in, in, in that light. And, and there's a lot of uh, sports science now that's saying after most of these procedures, they want to get you moving as quickly as possible. Remember when Jacob Chikrin had the ACL and he went to that revolutionary doctor outside of Philly in, in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and the guy had him in a pool moving like within two weeks, told him, throw away the brace, throw away the crutches. We're just going to teach you proper movement. And it lessens the uh, the recovery time when you do that. And it, the other thing that happens is you don't build up scar tissue, which you then have to break down through the rehab process. And some players will tell you it's even more painful than the actual you know, the rehab itself. So those are the advantages of that. But again, you know, like we just talked about, Leah, there's, there's not a lot of long-term research on how well this does and, and, and how well it lasts, all those sorts of things. That stuff has yet to come out. But again, ideally it, it gives you greater mobility and you understand why an athlete, a professional athlete would want that sort of thing. I mean, they're going to want them back quickly, clearly, because you want them to train and get on the ice, get all those things back. But but they're in no rush to get Jack Eichel back on the ice because they have all kinds of issues if he gets ready to play prior to the playoffs. I mean, he, he does not, he no longer has the Kucherov situation where you can wait till playoffs and put him in, which I clearly think that's what their plan is right now. So they'll get him back and they'll slow his rehab right down until the last day of the season. And all, all of a sudden Jack Eichel's ready to play. There you go. Works perfectly, doesn't it? Honestly, it's the only, it's the only path they see for him to get in the season. I, I don't see them clearing the cap space prior to the end of the season. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's an interesting situation in in Vegas right now with what they've got going on. Before we uh, step away from the Coyotes into other NHL news, any other final notes on the Coyotes before we take a look at the rest of the league? (sighs) I I wonder if in their planning they thought it was going to be this bad. I'm not sure they thought it was going to be this bad. I don't think the fans necessarily did either. I think the fans or we're ready to embrace the rebuild. And I do think that for the most part they have, but I've been getting the sense that everyone's like, wait, this isn't, this isn't fun. Yeah. yeah I, I think from the coaching room and the management office, I don't think they anticipated it being this bad. Like were you going to a game t- tomorrow night against the St. Louis blues going, Oh boy. I, I don't know if we're, we're ready for this with the, between the injuries and the goaltending issues that they've had, the defending issues, the lack of offense. I mean, it, we talked early in the first week to 10 days about trying to find bright spots. I, we're past that now. Like, I, I don't know, Craig, where their wins are going to come. And I, we talked about Chicago, maybe Detroit, maybe Seattle, maybe not. Like, yeah. and, and I mean, those are the games, right? Those are the games that they might win some of. You know, they can they could have beaten Chicago. They they did beat Seattle. They could beat a team like Detroit, although Detroit's playing okay. I mean, some of those teams at the bottom. You know, could they beat Ottawa? Probably Ottawa's pretty bad. But there there are not a lot of opponents where I think that they have a chance when they step on the ice. So, so I mean, re- reevaluate how many wins you thought they might come into. And uh, then when does the season. habits start to come in? You know, we've seen it with Vamelka. I think mm-hmm. some of those bad habits are the games he's had to play in, and, and I think that's coming yeah. through. Now, what happens with, you know, Jacob Chikrin? Do he, does he start getting bad habits? Clayton Keller and, and those guys that you're looking for to come out the other end of the rebuild, are those guys going to start getting bad habits? Or, or have they already? Losing is tough, man. I, I don't know. I get what you want to do with the ping-pong balls and what you're trying to do to rebuild, but now – they're, they're getting to historic lows here. And I, I, I wait until January 1st to really start looking at where they are. Like I'm, I'm still saying maybe they can get one or two wins here and, you know, maybe, maybe, but I, I'm, I can't wait till we get to January 1st and say, okay, let's reevaluate this first half. So I don't feel 
I, I don't feel it's going to change tomorrow in St. Louis. I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up the, the odds for tomorrow's uh, game against the Blues. The Coyotes are plus 250 underdogs um, in that game. So, you know, I don't think they've been favored in any game so far this season. No, but you got to start looking at the over and unders, Leah. It's at 5.5 right now. So go get on it at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, 5.5? 5.5. It's hard, though, Greg, because if you don't think they're going to score, that means St. Louis is going to put up six. And that's a St. Louis has really been scoring a lot this season, though. Their offense has been amazing. So I mean, I think Clayton Keller will have a point in St. Louis because he always seems to. So, yeah. That's that's an interesting one, actually. Well, if you're listening to this on today on Monday, go and you feel feel some type of way. Go go get those odds at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And uh, this week, new customers who bet just one dollar on either team to score in an NBA game, and the team does, which you know in the NBA that's pretty much a given. You can win a hundred dollars in free bets when you sign up using the promo code PHNX. Um, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is in this official sports betting partner of the NBA. So make sure you download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You can bet on all sorts of things, um, literally anything um, on there. But, you know, we like to talk about the the hockey odds and stuff like that. So check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. That's 21 and over, Arizona only, gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-UP. New customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and i'm going to go to my um, DraftKings sportsbook app right now and look at it and i know no one's going to believe me because every time i say something publicly i lose <laughs> yesterday was sunday football day and i I've, I've said i'm done with football i've said i'm done with college football i'm done with the nfl and i still do it and I literally <laughs> i had tennessee lost pittsburgh lost and tampa none of them covered i was over three so i said okay i gotta go back to the nhl at least something i know something about three for three i got the ducks the bruins and the flames i got three so i get done with football that's it i'm going to stick with what i know i I listen to the prognosticators on the nfl morning shows and i go okay that guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about i'm gonna go along with him but by no means as we've shown in the the member only discord don't follow (laughs) my picks because anytime i say them out loud they lose so whatever pd lose. says just do the opposite <laughs> exactly. and you should be good <laughs> ah, back well, to the nhl Leah. yeah speaking of being 0 for 3 the vancouver canucks there's there's a transition uh 0 and 3 on their last road trip outscored 19 to 6 Oof. there's second to last in the pacific only seattle's behind them 5 9 and 2 that's 12 points and uh i read this last night on twitter the canucks allowed uh, seven goals in back-to-back games for the first time since 1997. And at the time, their GM, Pat Quinn, was fired just days after that occurred last time. So not not fun times in Vancouver right now. I think a lot of people are surprised that Jim Benning has been on the job as long as he has. I'm not sure about the job he's done. And now, you know, you take on Oliver Ekman Larson's contract, you, you'd better get a good spike from the move you made this offseason, getting Connor Garland and Oliver ekman Larson, And they are, it, it's way early, but we all know that Thanksgiving stat, they're, they're way out of the playoff picture right now. And right now, Vancouver does not look anything like a playoff team to me. They can't defend. 
Yeah, their biggest issue is, is they're they're defending. I mean, clearly, it is. I mean, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, Connor Garland—they're getting some offense. It's there. It's just their inability to defend, and and it's atrocious. Like you're seven mm-hmm. seven on this trip, seven seven and five goals against. You know, you're 19 goals against, trying to replace Markstrom from two years ago that they haven't been able to do. Um, it's. I think it's time for Benning. You just gave, um, you know, the head coach Travis Green an extension, so I I don't see them making him the sacrificial lamb right now. I think it's got to be Benning, but you know what? There's enough money up there in, in those Canadian markets that they can literally clean house and take them both out and start fresh. And is that going to help this team right now? I don't know. They're coming home to play Colorado and Winnipeg this week. Man, those are two teams that can put numbers up on the board too. And they finish up the weekend uh, on Sunday with Chicago and, and you go, okay, maybe. Again, there's a maybe. You know, they're, they're starting to hunt for wins. And it's a team that, that really thought they were going to be scratching for the playoffs. Their fan base must be going out of their mind right now. <laughs> Yeah. Benning's been on the job since 2014, by the way, which is a, a pretty good tenure. It seems to be the, the case in Canada that a lot of those GMs get long tenures, but he signed a three-year extension in August of 2019. Um, so this is his last season. I I would be, I'd be really surprised if he survives this year, if they don't make the playoffs. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder if he's going to even make it to the end of the season. Yeah, I think yeah. knowing up knowing that team in the in their marketplace, they're going to have to make some kind of change to appease the fans here shortly. True, and the so just looking at the Coyotes' angle here, so Connor Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson, former Coyotes, uh, in their last five games, Connor Garland two assists, minus three OEL, just one assist in the last five games. So, yeah, always OEL's not putting up points. Um, and if look, you can you can say he's been better. He's defending better. Uh, he doesn't have that gaudy minus like he yeah. had here and like Jacob Chikrin has oh, yeah. now. Hmm, maybe it's a product of the team. Um, <sighs> but anyway, he, he you can't put up the what does he have? Three points this yeah, season. Three points, one goal, two assists, and he is on a plus two. Yeah, on on that contract. No, when you're looking at him, he's getting the you know he's getting a lot of power play time. He's getting good offensive zone starts. He had a lot more um, first power play looks before Quinn Hughes came back, but um, he's getting a lot of offensive zone starts. He's getting a lot. I mean, he's playing all the time. He needs to have more than three points at this mm-hmm. point of the season, at least for what they're paying him. I, I I I think he has defended better than he did here. I think he's skating better than he did here. He's moving better. Maybe um, the off season was good for his rehabilitation and his, you know, lower body injuries, whatever the multitude of, of those Denise. were. Yeah. So I think he's, he's actually looking good. He's just not getting the points and that partly a product of this team. They're not putting up offensive numbers. He's delivering the puck to the net. Well, they're just not getting tipped rebounds and he's not getting the help he needs. Um, they're not putting up the numbers they expected. This is a better offensive team. Um, Pedersen isn't getting the numbers he had a year ago. Um, he's, he's got three goals through 16 games. They clearly expected more offense out of him. Um, this team, you look at it on paper and they should be better. So I, I don't know what it is, but, but um, I, I expect changes here before Christmas. Yeah, and uh, heading to the other coast of Canada, other side of Canada, Toronto on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, they're having a we'll call it the resurgence because just a few weeks ago everything was crumbling in Toronto, but uh, since then they're ten five and one, second place in the Atlantic Division. They've won eight out of their last nine games, and Coyotes connection Michael Bunting is fourth in goals on on the team. So, you know, opposite 
ends of the spectrum Toronto. Well, this team is scoring. I mean, that's where they were struggling before is they weren't able to put uh, any pucks in the net. And now they're getting, they're getting scoring from throughout the lineup. Um, It's a good hockey team. We've said it from the beginning. You knew Austin Matthews and Marner and Nylander, they were going to score. I mean, they're offensive players that were above their shooting averages um, for their career. So you knew the goals were going to come and and now they're getting consistent goaltending. Um, it's a good hockey team and now they're uh, you know they've got a, a homestand coming up they've got nashville new york and pittsburgh i i i see the streak continuing right now this this team's on a roll and i think they're going to go for a while do they make it through november my gosh i know they got one loss this month you know who knows it ebbs and flows but this is a good team this is a team that will compete for for um, you know a, a top spot in the playoffs it's all about the playoffs for them now, too, at this point. Everybody knows they're going to be there. It's just it, having success in the postseason, which hasn't come easily for the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, right now on DraftKings, Toronto has the fifth best team future odds um, to win the Stanley Cup this year. So wow. you can Look get you on. Features. I'm, you know, I'm right on it. The Coyotes are... <laughs> Dead last. Like when the season started, the Coyotes were plus twenty thousand. Okay, I just looked, plus a hundred thousand. Yeah. So if you think they can dig their way out of this, right? <laughs> you can make some real money. <laughs> put some, put some money on this, Craig. No, you don't see it. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You don't see the parade on Van Buren. <laughs> Not seeing no it. Goodness. No. All right. Any final notes on NHL news before we move into ASU? We're just touching on all of it today. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Leah, you're running the show great today. Oh, well, thank you. It's because it's because my coffee was ready. It's because you got some because uh, of Harry Styles. Oh yeah. Oh, we didn't even ask we about. We didn't that. even talk about it. We did one, even one about picture that. on the show, but that was pre-concert, so we didn't see the post-concert. If you were able to, we at there one point, Aaron and I were worried that Harry might cart you away, and <laughs> and you were gone, gone from the PHNX Coyotes podcast, and you'd be traveling around the country with Harry Styles, but. Man, you know, the best thing about buying concert tickets is that the concert's so far away, you just forget that you did. And then, especially with the pandemic, it got delayed. So I've had these tickets for two years. They felt free because I don't even remember how much I paid for them. Don't remember where I was sitting. Our seats were so good. And it was a great show. And to watch Harry Styles, Gila River Arena, the, the Coyotes, there's a Shane Doan banner hanging in the ceiling. I was like, this is my place right here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so, it's a great time. It's a great time. It was more fun than watching the Coyotes lose to the Predators. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Well, welcome back, Leah. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be back. And I know, but since we're away from hockey for one more second, I know you guys can't notice, and this isn't a, a video show today. It's audio only. But I got, I know you guys are really excited. Craig's like, get on with it. I got new headphones, and I know you're just like, wow, that's awesome. But you can't see, but they plug into the bottom of the microphone. And so I get to hear you guys, and I finally get to hear myself in the headphones. Man, it's like a whole new world. Like, I'm so, this is awesome. Like, I'm just absolutely through. We need to do more audio onlys now. Like, I'm just (laughs) psyched about my setup at home. Sorry, Craig. Do you hear yourself in those headsets, Craig? I do. Do you hear yourself? Yeah. See, if you don't hear yourself, and I, you know, it's just getting all techie, like this is a Bob Heathouse thing. He used to get mad when he couldn't hear himself. It's hard to tell how loud you are when you're talking if you can't hear yourself. So, anyway. Sorry to interrupt the show. There's a little behind the scenes look at what's happening here uh, behind the scenes of PHNX. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh man. Moving on. All right. Well, just to wrap up, we'll just uh, we like to cover ASU hockey uh, here on the Coyote Show. Um, 
ASU lost both their games over the weekend against Quinnipiac. Is that how you pronounce it? You nailed it. Oh, finally got a pronunciation right. Um, Lost 5-3 on Friday, 5-2 on Saturday. Um, On Friday, though, the the Sun Devil goals, they scored two in the first, and that was the most scored in a period against Quinnipiac this season. So, you know, despite not winning their games, that was that was a, I guess, a record, you could say. And then on Saturday, goaltender Ben Cross set a new career high and saves in a game with 49. So, yeah. you know, finding some bright spots in an otherwise unsuccessful weekend for the Sun Devils. Quinnipiac's a good team, coached by... Uh... Rand Pecknold, who I played against in college. He was a, a royal pain in the ass in front of the net. Great net presence, uh, but a really tough team. So they knew what they were in for. These teams have faced each other before a lot, actually, including in the NCAA tournament. There's no love lost between these two teams, and you saw a little bit of that on the ice. But before this series, when I talked to Greg Powers, he really felt like they needed a split. And they were competitive in both of these games. They had a chance in both of these games, but they didn't get it. And they are sitting 36th in the pairwise rankings for the NCAA tournament right now. That is not a good position. They have a lot of home games coming up. They're really going to need to go on a run here if they want to get back into the NCAA tournament. Things are not looking great for the Sun Devils right now. They just haven't been been able to find their stride and get those signature wins. And uh, their next games are coming up against Petey's uh, hometown, Bemidji State, on November 24th. Yeah, the Bemidji State Beavers. I'm I'm planning on going Friday night. I see if Craig has the hookup to help get me into that game. I don't know if it's sold out yet or what, but I, I Craig I tried. Magic. I, I tried. Magic. As soon as I mentioned your name, they said no. <laughs> no. Um, and you look at that the Quinnipiac team, that's a top ten team in the country. So you're right. If you can be competitive against them when you look, especially as an independent, I mean it you don't have those you don't have the you know your conference tournaments that help propel you into the NCAA tournament. You need to compete against these teams that are top twenty teams. Um, they're going to have to to string together some wins. I know they were their thought at the beginning of the season and their hope was to make the NCAA tournament. They've got to get some big wins right now. And, and you know, Bemidji State's a good hockey team. You know, they're they're a team in the CCHA now. They've moved around conferences for a few years, but it's a you know they've been in the Final Four before. It's it's a team that Arizona State has to has to minimum get a split if not sweep the beavers um this this weekend in in arizona and i i think it's a team they can beat so i am expecting it's one of those things bemidji state right now is sitting under two feet of snow at home they're going to come here <laughs> and boy those it's, it's going to be hard i tell you it's going to be hard to get focus for those guys they're going to be sitting around the pool and they're going to be going oh we got to go play a game why didn't so, i play here yeah, I'll give the ASU guys the nod on the weekend, but I'm really looking forward to going. And I, I sincerely, Greg, I hope you can hook this up. So, oh yeah, I'm sure we'll get in. I just, like I said, I, you know, I, I don't know specifically what the issue is with the Devils. I haven't felt like they're getting quite enough from their key older guys, like like Johnny Walker's not having a great season, and I know he wants to extend his career, play some level of pro. Guys like that, I think, need to do more. Need to get back to the kind of game that they've provided in the past um, they're getting a lift from some of their freshmen and even some of their graduate transfers are are, are playing well for them I wrote a a, a story on, on Colin Tyson already and they are, they're also getting uh, lots of contributions from Jack Becker Tim Lovell but they're not getting enough from those those senior returners that they you know thought might be able to do more for them uh, I don't know really what happened to 
Sean Doogie. Uh, you know, he had such a great start at Wisconsin. He's just really fallen off the map, really hasn't been able to recapture his offensive magic. Guys like that really need to get going, and ASU needs to go on a really serious run here where they're where they're sweeping home series if they want to get back into the NCAA tournament picture. Yeah, you expected a player like Johnny Walker and Sean Dewey to be, you know, guys right near the top of the stats page for this team, and and they're not. Um, so I, I think offense has been a problem for this team. You know, you look at Josh Dolan as a, as a true freshman, fantastic numbers, um, but you expected that, you know, the the seniors that are here back on their fifth year seniors to to, to help propel this team into the NCAA tournament. So hopefully, you know, there's still plenty of time left. They just got to string some wins together. Um, and now they're coming back home again this weekend. So, so maybe. Yeah. And, and to be, be clear, ASU is scoring goals. They're, they're, they're one of the top teams in the, in the uh, nation in, in offensive production, but I just don't think that they're getting it from some of those key guys. And to be blunt, they, they haven't defended all that well. They're, they're giving up a lot of goals. So if you're going to play that style, you, you got to have those other guys contributing. It's an exciting style. They do let them play. They, it's a freewheeling game, and it's a lot of fun to watch if you want to get out and see ASU play. But they've they've got to get contributions for some some of those other guys, and and they probably need to tighten things up defensively a bit. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get some audio there too, Craig, and and um, get some work done while we're there. That would be great. Yeah. Well, Leah's got she's going to new kids on the block on Friday and will Oh shush. By the way, Craig, did you see Craig texted us a picture of Harry Styles in the middle of that whole conversation? I know. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's in sync and that's right, in sync opening up for yeah. boys to Oh yeah. my yeah. goodness. Yeah. We'll see you <laughs> again next week. All right. Well, that was our little just news roundup episode touching on Coyotes NHL ASU. Um, be sure to follow along all of our coverage of all of all hockey um, at gophnx.com. Check out Craig's articles. Like he said, the the winery story is not behind the paywall, and neither is the TNT story, right, Craig? So you can yeah. check those out, even if you're not a member. But definitely become a member. There's a ton of perks. Um, you get members deals on merchandise right now. It's buy one get one free on Suns shirts in the locker the Suns are on an eight game winning streak so you know there's plenty of of good teams here in the valley to to cheer for while you're you know struggling through this Coyotes rebuild alongside the rest of us so check out the PHNX locker become a member um your membership gets you a shirt if you want to just try month to month your first month is just 50 cents um and follow phnx sports across all social media platforms and phnx underscore coyotes on twitter any other closing thoughts craig and pd what do you got pd no, I'm just looking forward to the week. I know Lee and I are going to get a chance to talk to some people down with the Tucson Roadrunners yes. and see how development's going there this week. So look for that on all of our platforms at gophnx.com. And I know Craig has got a story coming out on Bill Armstrong on gophnx.com. Back to St. Louis. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. Hope yeah. you have good weather there, Craig. It looks a little, I mean, you got the two chilly, but it's inside, sunny, so. buddy. It's yeah, it's cold here. Leah, honestly, can we get proof that he's actually in St. Louis? I think he's. I know. Still there's, might just be a a white, there's just a white. There's just a white. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah. he literally made <laughs> Dominion national. And he Blank threw in that. Me. Yeah. He threw in that story before we recorded about walking yep. in the freezing cold to go get exactly. coffee. But is that? True? But yet he's just heading to Tootsie's again right after uh, the nine a.m. <laughs> start. Wait, wait, go, guys. I gotta go. They, they do start playing live country music like bright and early, man. You can get on your live country music in nashville by eight nine in the morning so i'm sure right. craig yeah 
I'm glad, Craig, you're, you made it safe and sound. Oh, it was, it was oh God. <laughs> well, Craig, hopefully um, you'll be there tomorrow night, Craig. Oh, yeah. You'll be calling yes. in. And Leah, we're at the studio tomorrow. Yes, we're at the studio. So we'll be back tomorrow night for a post-game show, probably pack therapy um, after oh, the, the Coyotes and Blues game tomorrow night. So join us then. We'll see everybody tomorrow. And until then, have a good one. All right. So we recorded this morning. And since then, a couple of things have happened. So we just wanted to make sure we didn't miss it. First of all, Christian Fisher was added to the IR alongside Dmitry Yaskin. And the Coyotes have recalled forwards Hudson Fashing, Jan Yannick, and Ben McCartney from the Roadrunners. And Johan Larson joins Andrew Ladd and Phil Housley in the COVID protocol. So a couple of movements that have happened since we recorded this morning. We just wanted to make sure we touched on um, under Coyotes news. Yeah, and we talked about Johan Larson joining the COVID list. We said when Ladd came up on that list, we wouldn't be surprised to see more guys added to that list. Again, Ladd made the trip. He was on the plane. He was at the hotel. He was in the locker room. I honestly don't think this is the end of it. I'd be surprised if it's just Johan Larson. Um, these guys are going to have to get in the lineup tomorrow against St. Louis. I mean, Fashing and Yannick have not had a call up yet this year. They haven't played a game in the NHL. McCartney's played two, no points. Um, but we've we really liked his energy in the games he did play. Two of them are going to have to jump in right away, and who knows, maybe all three. Um, not an ideal situation when going into St. Louis and facing the first place in the central St. Louis Blues. So more to come, and we'll follow it up close and touch base with everybody tomorrow after the game. Yep, sounds good. I just wanted to make sure we didn't miss any Coyotes news. So uh, we'll see everyone tomorrow night.